the soccer world cup that's a big thing who else is going to do it but it's we've got a problem it's in 2026 then i said well wait a minute under the normal rules i'll be out in 2024 so we may have to go for an extra term okay? <laughs> crazy they're going crazy tomorrow you're gonna to see headlines trump wants an extra term i told you i told you he wants an extra he wants an extra term ladies and gentlemen we told you we told you he's a dictator we told you no no i'm only kidding i'm only kidding but we actually have the world cup it's the biggest sporting event in the world and we got it and that's great we're Working it also with Mexico, Canada, giving them some of the game. <laughs> Trump riffing as he usually does when he's doing one of those rallies. Now, the last time he said that sort of thing, I'm not kidding, in completely serious tones, a guest on Brian Williams on the 11th hour on MSNBC that hmm. night. What that was was a trial balloon to see how people would react as they continue to strategize for a third term and to stay in office. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I wonder if the uh, the horror movie genre is just too played these days, and so people need a new fake scare. That's why harem scare and politics are so popular. Um, New York Post, Carol Markowitz, I thought this was kind of an entertaining article. I don't agree with all of it, but it's about the uh, uh, TSA since 9-11. Tomorrow is the 18-year anniversary. Is that right? Roughly. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Yes. Um, and it was, well, within hours after the attacks, we were looking at changing the security at airports. People shuffle along shoeless, ready for their full body check. Their belongings have been taken from them. If they question any part of this in any way, they're quickly removed and taken to an undisclosed location. No, this is not prison. It's the security check at your local airport. And why do we stand for it? The TSA, Transportation Security Administration, was established in the wake of 9-11 when Congress passed the Aviation and Transportation Security Act. Before that, private security agents hired by the airlines handled security at the airports. I'm not sure how many people realize that change occurred. Uh-huh. Uh, after the attacks, people demanded the government do something. And something is exactly what it did. It took over the role of airport security and bloated it to its current size with more than 50,000 employees and a budget of more than $7 billion. It's now fully 18 years after 9-11. Perhaps it's time to rethink our airport security system and realize that what we implemented in most in the most fearful moments no longer serves us well. For one thing, it doesn't seem to work. Internal investigations of the TSA consistently find that it routinely misses more than half and sometimes as much as 95% of explosives and weapons and undercover tests. These kinds of numbers should be extremely concerning to anyone worried about security at our airport. Yes, we uh, we always like to talk up when they miss 9 out of 10 fake bombs going through. Why did why did you take my toothpaste again? Why am I standing here with no shoes on? Shut up and keep moving. You miss every single bomb that they 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 put through here. Giant cartoon bombs. <laughs> but you yelled at me because I've got three and a half ounces of uh, mouthwash in my bag. Uh, then there are the real misses. Just this year, a woman passed. Oh, we love these stories. Just this year, a woman passed through TSA security 
at uh, the Atlanta International Airport with a gun in her carry-on bag. She flew to Tokyo, where the gun was then discovered. That's just one we know about. How many other times does this happen when no one reported they had flown with a weapon? I know my, my uh, the one I liked the best was, and I didn't have a weapon of any kind, but I had a full... I should, probably shouldn't say this out loud. I had a full tube of toothpaste. What? It was probably 12 to 15 ounces of toothpaste. How soon can we get this man into Gitmo? I flew to Moscow and back, so I went through a number of the biggest airports in the world, oh, including, yeah. of course, New York, yeah. which is uh, really on top of it. Uh, Kansas City to New York to, I think, Germany, then Moscow. And uh, I went all the way there and all the way back, and it was in Kansas City, last leg in Can- at the Kansas City airport, that they discovered my tube of toothpaste and gave me a stern lecture. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> what do you think you're doing with this? I don't know. Brushing my teeth a few times a day. <laughs> and every other airport. Today. What do you want to do? They didn't say anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, and like so many things, the uh, the airlines, if you want to throw some regulations on them about what security has got to be fine, but my gosh, they have a hell of an interest oh, yeah. in protecting their flights and their planes. Oh, yeah. And you can assume they'll do a very good job without the bureaucracy and middleman aspect of the government. Not everybody looks at stuff that way, and it amazes me. It's the, the, the libertarian point of view would be, this is the sort of thing that Milton Friedman was always talking about, is have a private company that secures whether or not meat is okay. And you have to pass their tests, not a government agency. And a lot of you think, no, no, only a government agency could do a good job with that. What leads you to believe that? Right. It's an imaginary view of bureaucrats that a lot of people have. Combined with an imaginary view of what big companies are projecting every, every company is owned by Mr. Burns. Right. And they will, they will just haphazardly dump chemicals into the river stream and make three-eyed fishes because all they care about is stock returns. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, the, the, the kind of twin angel and devil, neither one's reality. But as you just pointed out, though, private security, the airlines hiring private, they have all kinds of financial interest. To get it right, plenty of financial interest to get it right. Mm-hmm. The government's interest well, in they're get paying it, for it anyway, well, right? The government's interest is well, we got this agency, and these are government employees, and I mean, there, there's more reason for the airlines to want to get it right than the government to get it right. And, and by the way, yes, I understand that airline passengers are ultimately paying for it, but I'm talking about you know the the actual. Check writing. A little more on this. Which yep. is from the airlines, whether it's to their own security people or to the government. Yet the TSA is frequently concerning itself with nonsense. In late August, its Twitter account let a traveler know that a souvenir thermal detonator soda bottle purchased at Disneyland Star Wars uh, Galaxy Edge wouldn't be allowed in checked or carry-on bags because replica and inert explosives are not allowed according to the t- TSA. Replica explosives. Replica and inert explosive. It was, a, it was a fake Star Wars toy. That quickly triggered comments noting not only that there can't be a replica of something fictional, <laughs> but also that people had already traveled with these items in their luggage under pressure. The TSA reversed itself on that one. But you had a replica of a, of a, of a Star Wars th- weapon. So it doesn't actually exist. Right. Um, everyone has a TSA story. Of insanity. My husband once had to dump his hummus sack because agents ruled it a liquid. 
hummus is not a liquid. Um, I, my, my best story is when I was taking Sam through the airport first time when we flew with a, with a, a little kid, and he had on some socks oh. that in hilarious baby fashion, they were colored to look like shoes. They looked like they had soles and laces on them. They're socks. Yes. They, they, he had to take them off. Right. I, mean, I don't understand what that's all about. Do they make those in adult sizes? <laughs> The cute little, uh, literally infant socks. Right. When my daughter was five, says this writer, she had her hands swapped for bomb residue. Good expenditure of our time. In my uh, experience, five-year-old does not have a steady enough hand to be crafting explosives. I have to remember to carry socks in my handbag on summer trips, lest I end up having to walk barefoot through the scanner because the full body scanners, nicknamed the naked scanners, somehow can't scan through shoes, but can through everything else. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe there's some technological reason for that. I'm TSA pre-check, and I go through the scanner all the time because of my cool aftermarket custom hip, and I never have to take off my shoes. Uh, They they make you go through the scan while your shoes are being x-rayed. So, oh, so your your, your shoes are on the belt with your all your other stuff, and then you just walk through while your shoes are well, uh, elsewhere. And it's super gross to walk barefoot where lots of people oh, are walking yeah. barefoot oh, anyway. Yeah. Oh, just, yeah. Come on, you get the athlete's foot. Um, uh, and I like I had never even heard this one. Agents take away lighters. You're not allowed to carry a lighter on a flight. Correct. Why? Does everybody know why? Fire bad. Because what's his name tried to light his shoes on fire with matches. Richard Reed used matches, but matches inexplicably are allowed on a plane. <laughs> so they took away lighters after he tried to light his shoes on fire with matches. Correct. So that's when we stopped wearing our shoes. That's right. And couldn't carry lighters anymore. Exactly. Okay. Confiscation bins at airports are overflowing with nail clippers and sun sunblock. That's true. My dad got uh, yelled at at the airport in New York for having his tiny little pocket knife with him. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I can best that. I've had a number of corkscrews confiscated, which proves, A, I'm an alcoholic, and B, <laughs> that the TSA is out of their minds. Have you ever seen? It's the foil knife that comes on a good corkscrew. Of course, I'm much better at opening. I don't need a foil. I can mm. open wine with my eyes closed, both hands tied behind my back in one of those caves where the fish have no eyes. I'm I'm that good. But anyway, you got this tiny little, it is maybe three quarters of an inch to an inch blade. Now, if I'm a homicidal mouse, I suppose I could probably take that blade <laughs> and slay a fellow mouse. Maybe but you could not take over. Well, you couldn't. But you couldn't. So if you, you couldn't kill a mouse with the damn thing. And I'm going to take over a jetliner with it. A doughy middle-aged dude with a one-inch blade. Sure, I am. The wine well, bottle is a more effective weapon. Well, as oh as, yeah, as oh the, yeah, of course. Wow, much better. Yeah, as yeah, the good point. As the point has been made in this article and other places. That particular uh, routine that they used on 9-11, which is horrific, the the killing the stewardesses and going in, that ended the moment they lo- started locking the cockpit. That that gamut no longer works. Right. There could be a horrific bloodletting, but there would be no taking it over the plane. No. And the opportunity to attack fellow passengers just to try to see how many you can hurt, that opportunity exists everywhere at all times in humanity every single day. Right. Every room you're in. Right. Yeah, the attack. The, the um, a security expert interviewed by Vanity Fair made the observation that terrorists are far more nimble than we are. Even if the TSA were somehow to make airports impregnable, that would simply divert terrorists to other less heavily defended targets: shopping malls, movie theaters, churches, stadiums, museums. The terrorist goal isn't to attack an airplane specifically; it's to sow sow terror generally. You spend billions of dollars on the airports and force the terrorists to spend an extra thirty dollars on gas to drive to a hotel or a casino and attack it. Congratulations. Mm. Says a security export. 
Uh, the uh, the fabulous Tim Sandifer points out that San Francisco International Airport has gone to private security mm. screeners. Uh, yeah, and they get into the uh, the the, the most people didn't notice the exploded cost. Boy, you can't go backwards with bureaucracies, though. Oh, no. um, you know, we created an entire new department, in Homeland Security, that added all kinds of layers and gazillions of government employees, and it'll be around forever. And, you know, you expanded security at the airports by all these numbers of people in the budgets and everything like that. And it'll be around forever. It just will. That's just the way it works. Yep. Um, and and if an attack ever happens on a sports stadium, the whole world of sports stadiums will change. It's already and, kind of a drag. Right. Anyway. Lining up for metal detectors and bag checks and the rest of it. Or to, but we don't at the mall, which is full of people. And if there's ever a giant attack, terrorist attack on a mall, then we'll start doing it in the malls, I guess. Yeah. And never go backwards, I suppose. I'm moving to the woods. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Uh, send us a text. Do you have any thoughts on that? The Armstrong and Getty Show. I know Marshall's got a little Brexit for us coming up as they uh, they're just completely stuck. They can't get a majority to pass anything. They come close. The margins are close on all this stuff, but they just haven't been able to get anything across the finish line. Order! 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 Ah, that guy's quitting. Yeah. That's a heartbreaker to me. I hope the new guy is good, because it was really entertaining for a while. Yeah, I have a great featurette I want to do for you uh, before the end of the hour. There is a headline widely circular, viral, everywhere, in the wake of the El Paso shooting about how uh, violence skyrocketed in places where uh, Trump rallies were held. Clearly, the president was inciting horrors of violence and, and hate crimes and the rest of it. Well, the good folks at uh, Reason.com got hold of this, and uh, it, this is such a brilliant illustration of how crap gets spread around the news media. I beg you to stay tuned. A uh, couple of things. Number one, speaking of Reason, we just did a uh, Armstrong and Getty Extra Large podcast with Robbie uh, Suave of Reason, which is available wherever podcasts are given away for free because we're stupid. Um, along with the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast, which is a super bonus, extra-long podcast-only segment of the show that we do virtually every day, again, wherever you get podcasts. A couple of quick stories. Here's a BBC story, Trans and Pregnant, How One Man Gave Birth to His Own Baby. No, he didn't. He has a womb, he has a vagina, and he's got babies coming out of it. He's not a man. Now, he may... Identify as this or that or the other. I don't want to discriminate against him. I don't hate him. Might be a heck of a nice guy. But calling him a man is dumb. Dumb. Moving along. There are now safe spaces at Vikings games in Minnesota. A sensory inclusive room at U.S. Bank Stadium. I really like Minneapolis, but it is uh, definitely one of the more progressive areas I've ever visited anywhere in the country, and I was unaware of that till I went to a wedding there. Yeah. Now, the intent of this is not bad. And the people it's serving, I'm in favor of helping. 
It is a sensory-inclusive space, they call it. The new space is for fans with autism, Down syndrome, post-traumatic stress disorder, dementia, and other conditions who may require a calm, quiet place at times during games in what can be a loud and overwhelming stadium. I heard about that at an airport somewhere that they're doing that, too, where I could take someone like my son who can't handle it. He wears headphones everywhere he goes, but mm-hmm. uh, people that just, the, the cacophony yeah. of the modern world. Again, I have sympathy for that. I really do. I don't think going to an NFL game is a good idea. I haven't taken my I son to an NFL game. I think it's a terrible idea. I haven't taken my son to a pro sporting event for that very reason. Anybody who would pay what you have to pay to go to an NFL game and take somebody who's going to have to retreat for significant amounts of time to a, what's it called, a sensory-inclusive space. Yeah. What, um, what are you just, doing in this room? Doing? Well, loud noises bother me and, and bright lights and, and music and behemoths running into each other and oblong pigskins. All those things bother me. <laughs> and large crowds. <laughs> yes, and large crowds. And, and grid irons with yardage markers over, make me crazy. They stress over, me. Overpriced concessions give me the, uh, the heebie-jeebies. So. How it goes from 10 to 50, but then not to 60. It goes back to 40. I just, <laughs> I'm a little OCD, and I need to count to seven. Yeah, my, so I need a special room. I kind of have to fly, so I like it at an airport, but I don't need to take my son to a football game. So Right, yeah. The room is 6 by 12. That's like a prison Ooh, cell. Geez. And has low lighting, and no light. sensory toys, and wall displays. Hopefully three people don't need to use it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, a combination toilet and water fountain and bars. <laughs> What's next in your news, Marshall? Well, we'll be breaking down Brexit and getting a piece of the apple. Break Coming it up. down. Awesome. Armstrong and Getty. Self-professed Alzheimer's expert Dr. Oz uh, missed his own mother's diagnosis of Alzheimer's. And he's trying to turn that into a positive somehow. Uh, He's a complete fraud, by the way, Dr. Oz. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I would trust DJs with doctor in their name to treat me medically before I would trust him to. Right. Some friend of yours from college that you've been calling the doctor for no particular reason all these years. What's up, doctor? News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson's contentious five-week suspension of Parliament is going forward. It was enacted, but lawmakers first passed a number of measures challenging him and his efforts to move forward with Britain's separation from the European Union. Johnson dealing one death blow, and he wanted a new election after Parliament voted last week to force him to go ahead and ask for a Brexit extension if the deal couldn't be worked out for the U.K. to leave the European Union. Parliament said, nope, no snap election. So now they are off. They are suspended until October 14th, giving Johnson time to try and plan out his next moves. European leaders, like the Finnish Prime Minister, are as confused as everybody else about the UK's Brexit plans. The situation in Britain is quite a mess now, and uh, we don't know what is happening there. Leave it to the Finns to tell it like it is. Um, as I pointed out last week, and I, an analyst explained this to me, so Boris wants an up or down vote on him versus... Corbyn or whoever runs against him, because yeah. he saw, it feels very comfortably that he'll he'd win that. 
He doesn't want, the other side wants an up or down vote on Brexit again. And Boris is afraid they'd lose that, so he's not willing to go there. So what they have a national election on is, is really the key to the whole thing. And what is going to happen if he does not go and ask for an extension, which he has vowed he'd rather be dead in the ditch than uh, I don't you know. know. You could out. end up with a real, they don't have a constitution, constitutional crisis. If, if he just doesn't do what Parliament tells him he has to do. Yeah. I don't know. Me, Although, even, what, uh, what Parliament wants him to do is delay leaving. Can one guy, quote unquote, leave? Well, I wonder if he. I wonder if he just. Well, what does that mean? Well, if the EU wrote up a piece of paper and says you're now out of the EU, and Boris goes over and signs it, even though he's not supposed yeah. to. Yeah. What would they do? I, I have no idea. That what would count. anybody do? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> well, that's pretty much what they've got right now. People yeah. yelling at each other and uh, vigorous in some uh, what colorful terms. You know, I realize there there are times I so lack imagination. I'm shocked by my own stupidity, but. I'm trying to think. Uh, there are a lot of people pitching the idea that if you don't go through with exit, that is a blow to democracy because the people voted for it. Right. Barely in a really low turnout referendum. Um, and with a lot of people, I think they thought they were sending a message they didn't think it would actually pass. Right. And they are also buying a pig in the poke, as the old expression goes, a poke being a bag. They didn't get a chance to look at the pig. They didn't actually know what they were buying. And so, but it's a very elitist view to say, ah, the voters wanted this, but they didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. Which happens. It does happen. Right. See the bullet train in California. Right. 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 Which was un- is unkillable. Uh, but should they have a referendum on another, another referendum? Would that be good for democracy? You can't just keep pushing votes until you get the result you want by right. on one side. Why not? Right. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, if if it becomes clear, however these things become clear in a right. representative government, that people do want to vote again, I don't get how more voting is a betrayal of... That's uh, a mess. Can they do a vote on if they should vote again? That's what I just said. A referendum on another referendum. Hey. Perfect. Right. Cal- that seems safe, doesn't it? Doesn't that seem okay? I don't know. I'm told Ringo doesn't like that idea. <laughs> Ringo starved the Beatles. <laughs> California lawmakers are moving a bill that would allow college athletes to go ahead and sign and get paid for endorsement deals. The so-called Fair Pay to Play Act does not involve schools paying the athletes directly, but it would allow student athletes to go out and get agents and then go ahead and charge for endorsements, use of their name, their image, or their likeness. And it would also prohibit colleges and universities in California from revoking scholarships or scholarship eligibility from those athletes. So this is a a time-honored talk radio topic, and we've talked about it many times over the years. What's the downside? What's the argument against letting athletes make money? Uh, From the college perspective, tax implications. If they are employees, they have to treat them vastly differently than mm. than how they treat them currently. Oh, I'm sure boy. that I'm sure that would be a mess. Yeah, that that's their real motivation for the colleges pushing back right. against this. The arguments that are made are are less convincing because uh, I always hear the arguments about those right. student athletes. If they're getting an education, well, that's no. all a bunch of no. crap. No, right. it's, it's taxes. <laughs> so, well, uh, and there's an enormous First Amendment issue here, and I can't yeah. believe that that it hasn't been seen my way. If 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 Joe Jones. Uh, a champion hooper or whatever wants to say, I love Nike shoes. You ought to wear them, too. Who's to stop him? 
and and getting paid right. for that. Somebody's going to offer him money for that. I feel like college sports, particularly college basketball, is not as good as it used to be because the players go off to the pros immediately. College basketball is great when you had some of these athletes sticking around for three, four years and oh, building yeah. great teams. Yeah. Well, I think if they were getting paid, maybe they would st- still stick around. They might make more money playing for Kansas or Duke or Kentucky or someplace. Or at least enough to have their families be comfortable until they're ready to take the next step. Because a lot of these people come from lower income families and they they need to accelerate the time and when they can make money and buy a house. But they might actually decide, you know, I'm I'm making more money here at Duke than Mm -hmm. I would make going off to some bad NBA team. Me and these other guys. It was a championship team. So, yeah. So the giant, how much would that that dude at Duke made on a shoe deal right. the last two years at Duke? I mean, he would have been right. making. He might have made a hundred million dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe Nike could have used like good thread to sew it together. <laughs> so Zion Williamson. Yeah. So as a co- my point is, as a college sports fan, the, the college sports might get better. I would love to go back to college basketball. So I was a huge college basketball fan for a long time. But then it just got so crappy. You had freshmen and sophomores right. playing all the time. And I you like know, this shooting 30% all the time. And I like that this proposal removes it from the school paying it to where if you are an athlete who transcends the point where you can make money, market forces will dictate that you can make some money. It, right. it, it's not like every athlete needs to get paid or something like that, which I, you know, arguments can be made for that, but I feel like this is a really interesting first step. Apple, meanwhile, is expected to be unveiling new iPhone products today at its headquarters in Cupertino, California. But the buzz surrounding its best-selling products, the iPhone, has waned, as have sales in the absence of any compelling new features. The research firm IDC is estimating iPhone shipments have plunged 25% during the first half of this year. You've also got a uh, a really mature product at this point. I mean, it's not leaping forward in its capabilities. No, of course it's not. Anybody who uses some sort of tone like it's a, a disaster or a, right. a failure on their part, right. they invented something brand new. It changed the world. Right. That's right. a pretty big deal. Now you now you have minor improvements on it through the years. You, right. you can't trans, tra- transcend you know the, the greatest thing that's ever been invented every couple years. Yeah. That's not the way world history works. The okay, gap- great at light bulb, Edison. What do you got next? Oh, once I say you got a brighter light bulb. A slightly brighter light bulb. That's it? Why? Who is this lunatic and why is he yelling at me? Yeah, I mean, the gap between a 1930 Model A, write right. your angry, stupid emails if they weren't made in 1930, I don't care, and a modern F 150 is ginormous. The gap between a 2018 F 150 and a 2019 right. isn't so impressive. Uh, uh- from a big picture perspective, Apple is transitioning away from right. a products company to a service-based yeah. company, and right. it's happening slowly. And this is just a move. Boy, in that, that, direction. Is, that is a completely different thing. I remember it wasn't very many years ago, probably when Steve Jobs was still alive. One of their claims for fame is, "Here we're the most valuable company in the world at that time, and all our products fit on this little table, mm-hmm. and that's all we do." Right. Right. Um, but, yeah. You know. They're getting, they're gearing up for Apple TV Plus. When do they uh, launch that? That's in a, within a month or so. They're trying to beat uh, Disney to market on that. There you go. I'm get another MacBook. My freaking PC is unusable. It's always grinding and working and running oh, yeah. something. I can't, I, can't, I can't do non-Apple just products. Grinds and grinds. There's what are you doing? Way too many. This happens or that happens. Um, uh, but any any of the negative tone that I hear when Apple has one of their September right. launches, nothing really new. What? Well, yeah, what? Come with 
what do you do? Right. What are you, what are you supposed to do? Well, they now got, it cures cancer. They got the Jesus at a wedding syndrome. I've just come up with this. Yes. They they have been yeah. were so amazing for so long. If they just show up at a wedding and wish the bride and groom well and don't turn water into wine, Jesus <laughs> failed to reach expectations. <laughs> a really disappointing wedding appearance. All they did was was bring out a new iPhone that's a little different. Terrible. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. The nearly unbreakable glass that has been rumored, and we'll we'll find out in a couple hours. I would I would appreciate that. As a moron, <laughs> I would really like to see that. <laughs> and then battery life and charging. Those are the yeah. things that, that there's room for improvement. I, I'm I'm looking for the day when battery life becomes a non-issue. It's just not something you really think about. You charge it like once a week, and I'll you just you don't think about it. My and I have an eight. It's way 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 better than my previous. Well, one. And everybody's got an XR like. Michael and and my wife. It's fantastic. The rich, in short. They're practically there to where you just don't worry about it anymore. My phone, I can go about two minutes. I can get from here to my car before it dies. You have a cordless phone. (laughs) Or a corded phone, right? right. Right. I've gone backwards now to a corded phone. (laughs) You keep your texts to 15 letters because your battery will wear out. (laughs) I actually have made phone calls on this phone Near the outlet. I'm like crouched down by the outlet. <laughs> you have <laughs> devolved. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, listen, there was a big story. went viral. All the big name, uh, WAPO, San Francisco Chronicle, CNN, talking about how crime and violence skyrocketed wherever Trump held rallies. Load of crap. I will prove it next. Awesome. Armstrong and Getty. Like you came out smelling like a rose. Um, I don't think many people are pulling for you right now. But I'm not kicking you off my fantasy team, I can tell you that. But I hope you know that Belichick is not going to put up with none of the stuff that Tomlin, who may have started all of this, and Gruden put up with. I'm just saying, buddy, I don't think you can act like that in New England. Good luck. Thank you. That's right. And now, if you'll excuse me, I've got people to kill. O.J. Simpson on his Twitter account lecturing Antonio Brown. You know, I don't think a lot of people are pulling for you right now. That's some bad behavior. You're not going to be able to act like that in New England. (laughs) (laughs) Juice! (laughs) Oh, my God. He's incapable of irony, apparently. Or doesn't care. Or is that crazy? It's like he's not really the juice anymore. It's it's like he's exactly the juice. David Schwimmer. So, uh, the media continues to make a giant jackass of itself. And what's a shame about this, and there are examples on both sides of the aisle, is that you have a large swath of America, and I see them on Twitter and hear from them occasionally, who are convinced of things that just are not true. And based on those things, they despise other chunks of their country and their countrymen. For instance... In the aftermath of August's, August's horrific mass shooting in El Paso, and, and by the way, I'll be quoting from Reason.com here, an excellent piece by mm, uh, Matthew Lilly and Brian Wheaton. 
In the aftermath of the shooting in El Paso, uh, the coverage gave you the idea there were two villains that day, the white supremacist who killed those, oh, God, 22 people and wounded 24 more, and President Trump, who supposedly incited him. New York Times piece, President cannot be absolved of responsibility for inciting the hatreds that led to El Paso. Bateau O'Rourke, who is a numbskull, said Trump's rhetoric had a lot to do with the shooting. Kamala Harris alleged Trump was tweeting out the ammunition used by the El Paso shooter. But, but, opinions are one thing, Jack. Science is another. Hard evidence. A recent academic paper reported on by numerous outlets before it went through the peer review process, suggests that Trump actually is to blame. What they did was they studied the effects of Trump's many campaign rallies on reported hate incidents. Three professors, University of North Texas and Texas A&M, Ayal Feinberg, Regina Brenton, and Valerie Martinez Ebers, claim that Trump rallies are associated with a 226% increase in such incidents. That's a lot. I saw this story. And thought at the time, what? Wait a minute. Story went viral. Vox, Washington Post, San Francisco Chronicle, CNN, all published articles reporting that Trump's words are so bad that exposure to them leads to waves of hate crimes. Once again, Democrats piled on. They quote Bernie Sanders, Ilhan Omar, of course. I would say that I'm so cynical about this sort of stuff now that I hear a a paper from a university. I just assume it's crap. Right. I just assume it is. So the good folks at Reason, who have time, went over all the same data and statistical procedures, and they replicated the study's headline result, that it seemed like in the month after the Trump rallies, there was a big increase in uh, in crimes. Then, using the data they collected, they analyzed the effect of Hillary Clinton's campaign rallies using the identical statistical framework. The finding... Clinton rallies contributed to an even greater increase in hate incidents than Trump rallies. What? Now, this should be enough to give any reader pause, writes Reason. The implied reasoning of those who said in the initial study was that Trump's caustic and seemingly racist rhetoric led to a crueler, more discriminatory climate ripe for hate crimes. This interpretation is correct. Why did Clinton inspire as many, if not more, hate incidents as Trump did? Did calling millions of Americans deplorables promote violence? Probably not. Both of these results rely on comparing counties with rallies to other counties without them. Mm. This produces a glaring problem. Politicians tend to hold political rallies near where large numbers of people live, and in places with more people, the raw number of crimes is generally mechanically higher. Simply put, no one should be more surprised, should be surprised that Orange County, California, population over 3 million, was home to both more reported hate incidents and Trump rallies than Orange County, Indiana, which has barely 20,000 people in zero of each sort of crimes. Um, Nor is it sensible to interpret that one of these differences is caused by the other. Indeed, adding a simple statistical control for county population to the original analysis caused the estimate of Trump rallies on reported hate incidents to become statistically indistinguishable from zero. The study is wrong, and yet journalists ran with it anyway. And how could this happen? Well, okay. Uh, number one, I'm not sure we have the time to go into this section of the article. Um, but the long and short of it is journalists, generally speaking, have no interest and no time, in even if they had an interest, figuring out whether a study, a study is statistically uh, uh, worth a damn. And so they didn't. 
the ideological imbalance of academia, where liberals outnumber conservatives six to one, can worsen this. Um, it's, it's only six to one. Yikes. Um, so anyway, you heard that study. It, it shocked you. Maybe you believed it. Maybe you didn't. But it's just garbage. And the big name organizations that are so anxious to run with anti-Trump stuff and or just in their defense, crazy shorthanded and they're desperate for exciting content to get clicks. Man, they lap that stuff up. I wish I had more time and energy to do this. I want to get a fake study to go viral just to prove how easily it can be done. Like those fabulous academics who published all those fake uh, social science stories. That's a that's a serious problem for the world of academia, not just on Trump related stuff, but all kinds of different studies. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 a problem. And all those fake studies. Guess what pays for that? Here's a hint: your kid is in college, and you get hit up to write a check. That's right. Giant inflated tuitions, government subsidies. It all goes to all this crazy, dumb, phony research that's going on. Especially, Thanks for taking my money. Especially in the uh, social sciences, which aren't really sciences. Poll that's getting a lot of attention today uh, out from Washington Post ABC. 60% of Americans think a recession is likely in the next year. Well, if we all think one is likely in the next year, we'll bring one on. And hear it every day? Yeah. Yeah, No kidding. We're going to create it ourselves.